Welcome, Pudding People, to another episode of Everybody Loves Pudding. We're your hosts, Ken Seymour and Richard Geiger. Pudding forever. Yes, absolutely. We need to come up with some just arbitrary hand signal that represents the Pudding Nation. Uh, yes. <laughs> maybe it'll look like Blitzball from Final Fantasy X. Uh, only if we're lucky. Only if we're lucky, yeah. Um, if you could not tell from this brief introduction, or I don't know, the title <laughs> of what you're listening yeah. to, we're doing a review of Black Panther 2, Wakanda Forever. Um, I think it's safe to say we had some some initial preconceptions of what we hoped this would be, right? I think so. Um Part of it is I, I knew from the success from the first one that this would be successful. Is it going to be the billion-dollar movie that the first one was? Eh, probably, probably not. not. Um, the, the movies and things that have come out lately for the Marvel Universe have evolved, right? They've changed. They're not like what they were before. So our expectations have to be tempered a bit in what we're going to see especially since the the main character lead actor is no longer with us. So yeah, the, I, I think going into this, my expectations were pretty tempered. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, as, as always, uh, we can be surprised one way or the other. Now we're, as we normally do, uh, going to do a spoiler free little bit followed by our normal painstaking analysis broken down category category yes yes categorically yes uh each individual section worth a certain number of points that will add up to potentially up to 100 points uh it's not happened yet Uh, i don't expect it'll happen anytime soon but how close to perfect can these movies get and then we'll tell you what we think and then we'd love to hear you tell us what you think Uh, we always love getting a little feedback but uh, just as uh, the trailer-free, trailer-free, now there's no trailers, no spoilers, and no trailers. Um, what did you think, Richard? Is this something that they should see in the theater? Is this something to wait for on streaming, or is this something to just kind of ignore completely? Mm. I'll go with indifferent on that one. Now, there's some context to that. Um, if you are a Marvel person and you like the Marvel movies, yeah, go and see it. If you liked the first one and it was your Jimmy Jam and you want to see the continuation of the story that's very specific to that set of characters and the storyline and the the Wakanda universe, then yeah, definitely go and see this. But if you're a casual Marvel moviegoer and you like all the movies, but sometimes you'll go to the big ones like, I went to Spider-Man, but I didn't go to some of the other ones. Uh, wait your 50 days and let it show up on Disney plus. So for me, I would say I'm, I'm fairly close to agreement with you. I I would say even those individuals who are not necessarily Marvel fans uh, to give it a chance in the theater as well. Uh, there's going to be a couple of points. We're going to disagree with, uh, with each other a little bit later. And I yeah. think uh, it's, an important evolution in some sense in the films. So for me, that's really the crux. If you are the, I'm the popcorn eating, I want that kind of, It's I'm just there for the effects and the fights, and I want it to be that kind of consumable thing, 
well, that's not what this is. Uh, this this is a slightly different film. I mean, it'll have elements of that for sure. But if you have always wanted uh, Marvel films to kind of go in a slightly different direction uh, and you want them to kind of grow, well, this this is your chance to see a Marvel film take a slightly different tack. Uh, that's where I'll go with <laughs> the way I would put it. Uh, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, but if you like the movie-going experience, um, I, I think this is good. It's a, it's a, you know, it's got a bit of time involved with it, right? It so does. it's about two hours and forty minutes. Uh, we clocked our trailers at the beginning of ours at twenty-three minutes. Yeah, there are a lot of trailers. So it's kind of ridiculous, but. What that means is if you're going to go watch the 7 o'clock show and you're running behind by 15 minutes, cool. You'll still be able to watch the movie. You can even go to the bathroom before you get in and you'll be good to you'll go. Probably only miss, uh, you'll probably only miss the incredibly long-feeling and pointless Avatar sequel uh, preview that they stuck yeah. in. Yeah, so that's an important – because there was some – there were some interesting trailer choices at the front of this movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, but I, I feel like, so we have differing opinions on Avatar, which is a whole other subject. But I, I just get the feeling on this sequel to that movie, it's just kind of like. That's the wrong one. Okay. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> or talking cool. about films that won't be out for six months. It's like, do you really need previews for that now? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Whole, uh, but hey, that's part of this movie-going experience that you will encounter. It is. Um, now, from this point forward, dear listeners, uh, don't forget, there will be massive spoilers. So if you have not watched the film, uh, I'd, I'd listen to this episode later. <laughs> but uh, uh, Or if, you're, uh, it's, if you It's not going to spoil really anything from the Marvel Universe, no. I really don't think. But, you know, there's definitely elements of this movie that bring about um some interest as you're watching yeah so how about we start somewhere we don't normally start i mean we just changed up our scoring formula not too long ago the last few reviews have included a uh, uh a score section so why don't we start with whether we thought uh, the score was good in this one i think that's a good place to start um i from the first Black Panther movie, had we had a score um, system or, or, or score that we could put for that movie, a score for the score, uh, I probably would have had that one a 10. Yeah, that I, one I just had a felt like score. every time there was a different shift in the scenes or there was action, the tracks that went along with it just fit so well. Like it changed the mood. It changed the attitude of the movie. And I felt like this one wasn't as good, but it's not like that it was bad. No. We, we actually, what we were talking about, uh, the black Adam movie was one of the last reviews we did. And to me, that one was noticeably d dis distracting. Right. But I didn't see, I didn't see that in this movie. No, when when we we had the the swells of the music that were meant to uh, kind of help to create the emotional resonance of the scene, they matched. They didn't overwhelm the people that were on screen. That sounded good. Um, 
I maybe wasn't as huge a fan of the Lift Me Up song by Rihanna. Uh, I generally like Rihanna pretty well. Just that song didn't do anything for me. Um, I did like the uh, No Woman, No Cry cover. Uh, That was solid. It was okay. Yep. Um, not not bad. Not no, bad. not bad. I mean, for well, you're you're taking a song and putting it in a context that it doesn't quite fit. <laughs> it's just like, um, okay, sure. They did they did a really good job, you know, twisting it to to fit what they want and changing meanings. And yeah, okay, sure. I, I I have to embrace the effort. I, I love I love the attempt. I mean, we we talked about Chris Cornell all the time. He would do covers and just completely alter the intention of the original artist and bring something different. So you know, I I appreciate that. Appreciate it anytime an artist does that. Yeah, and, and with with that cover, it's not like the thing got overplayed right no it was there when it needed to be you know if we if we reference the batman and you had the nirvana song that just popped up all the time like when you first heard it like oh that fits that's cool but then the third and the fourth time you're just like okay you need to pick something else (laughs) right we 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 didn't get any of that in this no no uh there was some pantera in there though so that was kind of yeah kind of cool we don't usually get to see that kind of heavier uh side of the music hit haven't seen that much at all i mean you know we get your occasional lucky thing i I harken back to the days of the crow and all that sort of stuff but Mm -hmm. uh, so all in all you know this doesn't require a whole lot of time but i liked it like you said not as good as the original Uh, i probably also would have given the original 10 uh for me in this particular one, I still gave it a nine. I mean, it, I thought it did a pretty good job. Healthy. I gave it a seven. Seven. Is this tidings of things to come? All right. Well, <laughs> let's keep moving on. Um, how about some of the other small number uh, bits and pieces? Let's go to locations. Um, so we get to go back to Wakanda. Like exciting, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he doesn't seem all that excited. <laughs> so, um, the the location was fine, right? It, it's it's not like the. I feel like sometimes when you when I look at a a place that they're presenting to us, I look at the scale of it and I look at the grand view of of it and also is it sometimes things are too busy like you can't follow along with what's going on right or sometimes it's too plain like you want to see more stuff and wakanda was fine you know i i i guess i found myself big buildings tall buildings things moving around the ships flying in that was cool i found myself noticing the trains that were or like you know whatever their version of the train was flowing along the track so it was like why why did I notice that and not anything else? I don't know. But something about that small detail just kind of drew my attention to it. They did that on um, purpose. We, we got to see some underwater locations. We did, sort of. And that 
that's not an easy thing to render. No. Right? Um, As we'll come to find out here here in a little while. (laughs) Yeah. So in in terms of the scale for those, that that was fine. And it's just, in the terms of the location for these things, I wasn't wowed, but I wasn't just like, oh, you did a bad job. Right? That's kind of what I got out of it. Well, I mean... We didn't get too many places outside of the intended areas. I mean, we got a little snippet of the United States when we had to go back there. We got the, uh, a single room in the United Nations, we assume, unless they're in a Marriott hotel somewhere having their <laughs> particular meeting. Um, I feel like when we got Wakanda in this film, we did not get as much of it. We got a little bit of the shot of the lab. We got a little bit of the shot of the throne room. We got the tiniest shot of M'Baku's territory I mean, it's is fleeting glances compared to the original film and even like infinity war um did a better job i feel of showing uh wakanda than this did and, and it kind of makes sense in some respect it's supposed to be a more personal more grounded story uh so you know focus in a little bit but i still would have liked to see a little bit more and as far as what he was saying about uh Underwater, yeah, it's hard to render underwater, and I could tell it didn't look great. Um, it's it it fell prey to what it had to fall prey to. They went for a semi-realistic uh, representation of the fact that you're underwater. It's dark. Problem is, it's dark. You can't see anything. So all I'm doing is sitting in a theater, uh, looking at mild blur in most of the screen and just barely getting to be able to see what I need to see at any given time. I mean, we'll get a little bit of uh, 16th century uh, indigenous population area just for a moment. Uh, but again, it's just, it was, it was not as good as I wanted it to be. Um, but still not, again, not distracting. It was never like awful or bad. When I was looking at the location and go, that doesn't make any sense. So, I mean, still pretty solid. Well, remember, um, he made the sunrise underwater. That was pretty cool. So there there was your lighting right there. For one scene. I, I, I guess, yes. <laughs> um, you, you're right. There was the transition period when you swam underwater from the beach. And then you got to this place that wasn't underwater but then you had to go through the super zoomy tubes to the place that was super deep underwater. Yeah. Um, which was still a question that we discussed a little bit. We kind of thought like, hey, where is this actually at? Because to access that point, you were in Mexico and you went, you didn't go out to the ocean. You went into the land in Mexico to access the deep, to the, the, get to the water. Tra- Who knows, right? <laughs> so... Um, <laughs> But the Zoomy tube took you somewhere, presumably out in the Atlantic somewhere, because that's where they found the, that's the whole plot thing. Anyway, yeah. um, but but you're you're right. You had snippets of locations. When we talked about the, so United States, there was a few things, but we saw campus. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I don't know how schools work, but her room with its own separate bathroom. Was awesome was amazing i don't know was i don't know many dorms that are going to look like that my room was the size of a closet 
and you had someone else living with you have someone else living with you? yeah yeah so there was two people living in a room a third that size and no bathroom no. so maybe i'm wrong maybe they just have the dopest dorm rooms but i just felt like that maybe was... it's the changing of times you know all the parents remember man our our experience stunk so we'll donate to the college so they can help to create this billion dollar facility so our kids can I essentially guess. have an apartment on campus well, anyway, again, on a scale of one to ten, still pretty good. I'll 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 give it an eight. Uh for the location I have seven. Hmm. Are you being grinchy on me again? I'm keeping it real. <laughs> yeah, remember when keeping it real goes wrong. Yes. Uh. <laughs> Tell us more in a fifteen minute monologue. Right. Okay. Whew. Uh, we'll, we'll maybe talk about that some other time. Um, yeah. So, um, all right. Let's let's finish out the the small numbers. Uh, costuming props. That was one okay. area that the previous film just was fantastic with. Uh, there was not a miss in the original film. Um, I don't know if I feel that way about this film. So th- there were some things in this film that I thought were really awesome and personally i don't know a lot about mayan culture and i don't know what a um person swimming underwater and living underwater is really going to look like and dress like uh but i thought that they're for what they were presented to us as in their culture that that they're presentation was fine oh yeah and the wakandan general public let's call them uh was fine i think some of the biggest issues that we ran into were the Ironheart character yeah and how just there's there's bad there's dumb there's not really conceived properly and i don't know that her suit looked like a toy Yes, right? So I don't know that it necessarily was strictly, oh, that's just dumb. That's not it. It's no. just not presented. Just uh, anyway. Uh, and then the other suits that were developed for the Wakandans that were like. I like those. Effectively like Iron Man suits also, but not. I I felt though I don't know those look pretty cheesy to me, but I don't know. I like uh, the aqua. I thought it. I thought it had a nice flow to it. It's just it doesn't need to be a full suit. It just needs to be a little something to give a little extra impact. Now I, I dug those suits. Yeah, the it was the I think the headpiece for it to me looked really out of place. I don't know, it looked weird, but I, I didn't get that. Um. Somebody pointed out when I was talking to them about the design of the Ironheart suits, so like, well, she's 19. Uh, maybe she's an anime fan and likes Gundam. It's like, oh, it does kind of look a little anime. Sort of. Sort of. I can see that. Uh, you know, if you if you go all the way back to the Iron Man series of and the original Iron Man, what was he looking at the whole time? He was looking at cars, right? Kind so of, his yeah. his his shape, it, at least how it was presented to us was, in the MCU, right? Yeah. In the MCU was was presented as basing it off of other shapes and styles and color patterns, 
that he had because he had a garage full of these crazy cars. Right. Um, so you're right. Not that we got any hint of that. No. Right? No. It was just her original suit that was in the garage that was kind of piecemealed together. Um, wasn't a complete suit. It was like an exoskeleton of, of sorts. Right. Um, that was and then fun. in seemingly 12 hours, she was able to weld a misshapen heart out of a piece of steel. <laughs> Which we don't, to be, we don't get to see any. We don't, who result. knows where it's at into this crafted design of a thing. I, yeah, I that's know. a different category. Yeah. But um, I liked, some of the... Um, I liked the... Um, I like the Shuri Black Panther suit. The highlights on yes. that were nice. That was sharp. Yep. That looked, that looked, that was probably one of the best elements of the in, entire movie. Oh, yeah. So, what about the actual, what do we call them? They're not at, they are Atlanteans, but they're not in this, they're not Atlanteans. Yeah. Um, um, I'm going to call them Atlanteans because that's what they're supposed to be. We'll talk about the specifics of that later, but as far as their design goes, uh, comparing them to what you would get from the comics originally in terms of how close do they match it, even though there's that kind of cultural overlay on it, it's it's fairly close. I mean, it's really not too far off in terms of the, the design concepts. Um, I, I really liked, um, you know, as soon as they mentioned Atuma, um, it's like, oh, he has a very specific look. If you ever played with uh, He-Man and the Masters of the Universe back in the day, there was a character named Merman. That's what Atuma looked like in the comics. So he's he's giant blue with like the fins for off the helmet and just this gaudy orange kind of main piece. So his his original look would never have worked in the MCU. It was just terrible. But you you could tell that they very much kept elements of the original design into his costumes. It's like, oh, that's really nice. Uh, just it, it, that was done pretty well. And as far as Namor himself. Um, Namor. Yeah, I'm not going to call him that. It's still going to be Namor. Uh, <laughs> um, I liked it mostly. I didn't like the nose stud. Uh, that was distracting. Uh, but the big earrings that, you know, kind of had that stone look that, okay, that works. The feathers when they brought it, it's like, it's not original to, but his original suit was a, a, a basically a chainmail speedo. So yeah, they were going to have to change that anyway. But yeah, yeah, I, I, it's like, okay, even though I don't really know if I uh, agree with the, the changing of the origins. Sure. Okay. It looked good. It looked good. Yep, and and the Atuma headpiece I think was awesome. I yeah. like that the hammerhead shark. Yeah, that was that was cool. Um, I wonder what we're gonna see from him in future versions of movies. I don't know. Is, is it, is he's, he's he's a major major villain for Namor for for yeah. some time. So we'll see. This should be interesting. Maybe uh maybe in the next film there will be a struggle for power. Yes. Yeah. He was. I, I, you know, it's more of a cast and a plot thing, but I did appreciate his kind of grumbly, stern nature that he presented. 
Yeah, it, it was it was solid. So costuming and props, I, I'd give that a solid nine out of ten. I mean, can you, it would guess what my number is going to be? I'm going to go. He's going to give it a nine out of ten too because he's a positive guy. Seven. <laughs> Just because of Ironheart's outfit being that bad? No, see, there was there was other things too. Um, Ironheart's was really bad, so like just comically bad. And like I said, I didn't like the. Could you call them the Dora Milaje? Dora Milaje, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Because that I, she got the boot before that. She did, so but she the rest of them wasn't didn't. part. So there, there are things uh, I give or take i guess i'm just thinking um, he's being grumpy but all right we'll, we'll keep moving <laughs> and uh and some of the other things i just uh, I, I don't know i thought were fine just weren't great well let's uh let's do let's do let's do go back to the beginning we'll, we'll talk about the director mr kugler and we've talked about this guy before obviously we, we reviewed the previous black Panther, uh back panther I can't mm-hmm. talk today. Black Panther film. So, in in the first one, I think, I think what we had was, in a certain sense, a movie that we hadn't really gotten a chance to see before, and whether that was in, in the MCU or whether just culturally, period, it, it was. There was a lot of elements that made that an original film. And then you come to this one and you got to try to find a way to duplicate, not duplicate, replicate that feeling. And then you lose your main, your, your, your main character before you can even do anything in the movie. So you got to completely recreate everything. So man, what do you do? You got to scramble, right? Um, but you're given plenty of time and resources to make the appropriate choices. And what you come up with is a story that is sad, and then it's sad, and at the end it's sad, and in the middle it's sad, and that's your presentation. Yeah. So I I say kudos. (laughs) I appreciate that. And you're right, I'm... I'm maybe on more of the Marvel universe type of thing where like, I like the action movies and blah, blah, blah. Of course I want to see those things, but I don't mind seeing a a thing that develops a a person's character. Like I, that's totally fine with me. I, I, I'd be great if we got more characters to develop character about and have more intricate backstories. Like I'm totally cool with that. But this was, we're mourning, and we're sad, and we're angry about being sad, and then we're sad, and we're angry about being angry, and then we're sad, and at the end, we're sad again. It's just like, I get it. That's what the story is. Um, Cool. Thanks for pounding it into me uh, the entire movie. We're sad. (laughs) This is is more plot than director, but we'll we'll get there. It, it, It is, except for... If I'm not mistaken, he, he did the is writing. A, he's a writer in this too, so he's got some culpability in it. Oh, I'm not so, talking about culpability. I'm just talking about where we're doing the points. 
<laughs> well, that that's true. But I guess in my sense, if the director is the one who wrote it, then he has some responsibility in the presentation for it and the story. So they almost become similar category. No, I, not similar. I don't think so. So like similar so, responsibilities. So here is here is the way that I'll I'll give the interpretation. Let's use use a food analogy. Um, you know me. We've talked about food way too often. We named our show after food, <laughs> specifically for we that. Did. There are certain things that both of us just absolutely despise food-wise. Now, for me, it's certain dairy products, sour cream. Uh, for Gross. me, I just do not like whatsoever. So the fact that a chef would use sour cream in a specific dish, to me, is akin to writing. I'm I'm angry at you for choosing the sour cream, or maybe you didn't choose the sour cream. Somebody else had you choose sour cream, and you're preparing it. But regardless, that's what I'm going to have to eat. That's the plot. But the presentation of it, how are you making it look? How are you taking this particular thing that has been chosen to be highlighted, and how are you presenting it to people that may actually find it appetizing. So I know I don't like it, but hey, they're they're doing enchiladas. And the way that they did it, he did a drizzle on the top. It wasn't the, the full thick sour cream. He did the, the more creamy sour cream so he could have it blend with the other thing. I see what he's doing there, and it makes sense. I still hate it. I'm not going to eat it, but I get it. And that, to me, that's the division. But he wrote the recipe. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't matter. The recipe's in a different part. I'm telling it, how does it, it look? It is a different category, correct. <laughs> um, but in, in a certain sense, if you, I, I, I guess I don't know because I've never written a movie before, nor have I directed one. But I have the sense that a person like him, as he's writing it in his head, as a director, he's also like, I'm writing this because this is how I want to put it on the screen. So in a certain sense, those things go hand in hand. But you're right. We do want to distinguish them. But I am going to lean into, you know, a small percentage of, of if the plot's cheesy because you wrote it as the director and you want to present it in a certain way. I'm going to lean into that a little bit. There has to be some acknowledgement, I feel like. But in terms of the presentation of it, um, we got all those elements that I mentioned before of sad and angry and angry and sad and then sad again. And there, there's a little sense of redemption, right? And then there's the action intermingled in there. And what we got from the action was fine. And what we got from the scope of the feeling of what was supposed to happen in this movie was fine. It's just, we, I don't feel like we got the, the punch from the delivery and the showcase that we could have gotten from this movie. Going into it, I had my expectations of what he was capable of. Creed was amazing. I love the first Black Panther film. So I knew what I was expecting him to be able to do. And considering the fact that this was essentially a wake for Chadwick Boseman, and it's meant to be a participatory thing between 
the makers of the film and the audience as a whole, I thought the pacing was right for what it needed to be. Scenes flowed in, in the way that it needed to go. Enough emphasis was put in the right spots. I mean, for me, that's exactly what, that's exactly the way that the dish was meant to be garnished and needed to be displayed. Now, whether or not you're going to want to eat it, that's a different matter. But as far as the way that it was put together, I think he still upheld his same level of quality as a director. Yeah, I, I didn't see that he struggled to get out of people the emotion that he needed to get. As a director, that's kind of, and actors will act, directors will direct, but if your intention is to have a, a moment in a scene, you've got to convey that to the actors so that they know how to best deliver that, right? Mm -hmm. And the we haven't gone over the cast, but you're right. I felt like everybody's presentation of the desired emotion and feeling was was delivered appropriately for what the direction needed to be and for what the feeling was going to be. And I like your you're alluding to this is awake in a certain sense. So this is this is a celebration, if you will, of that actor and that character uh, disguised in a, quote, Marvel movie, which r really only had just the tiniest bits of elements to do with anything that we've seen in the past 11 years yeah. for this. So really this is just a standalone element from the previous movie that will deliver more things in the future for sure. But a celebration of that person and that character. So like that part I, I got maybe too much, but that part I did get. <sighs> so on a scale of 15, what do you give that Richard? Is it another seven? Uh, 11. <laughs> <laughs> uh, still staying the same level. This is this is not going well for for Richard. Uh, I I well, it's actually not bad. That's eleven out of fifteen. It's still, still pretty solid. Uh, yep. I I was a little nicer. I went thirteen, thirteen out of fifteen for the director. Um, all right, let's see here. I'm trying to put this together in such a way that I I, I want. See if I can manipulate where I think the good part is going to come out, and I'm going to put the good part right before you really blast everything because we're ending with plot, and I know that's where it's going to happen. Um, okay, good old plot. I know, I know exactly what to do next. Okay, we're going to talk about the website. <laughs> so, just uh, for you listeners, if you haven't visited already, everybodylovespudding.com. You can find all sorts of neat little tools, our upcoming episodes, our guest list of everyone that's been on to be interviewed. All of our episodes are just directly on the page for your listening pleasure. Our ratings for all of our films with direct links to those reviews in case you want to look at that. We've got the Pop Culture Death Counts, which I must admit I haven't updated with much recently, but there's good reason for that. I'm not going to say what that reason is, but I haven't done it. <laughs> we'll, we'll do more soon. Uh, but we also have the uh, the Ultimate Comic Movie Database, which I'm still filling in information in from as of this recording, Thor Love and Thunder, because there's a lot of information from that film. And then we'll be continue to put more in as we go. 
Uh, but yeah, take a look at the webpage. Visit us. Where are we on our social medias, Richard? Assuming that uh, Twitter hasn't imploded by the time that people hear this, um, you'll be at, at Real Pudding Guys. Uh, Instagram is just Pudding Guys. You can actually go to our YouTube channel. And although we don't post a YouTube video for everything we do, um, there are a sprinkling of things that are up there. Uh, in particular, we got a good celebration, if you will, of mm -hmm. a new season of Leverage Redemption. Indeed. Which uh, Ken got the opportunity to participate in the press junket. So super excited about that opportunity. You can check those out on the Pudding Guys YouTube uh, channel. And then we do have a Patreon page as well. We definitely also, appreciate those patrons. Pudding Guys. Yeah. All right, back to it. Let's see. Let's let's go to cinematography, the breakdown, the the special effects, the 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 places they put the people on the screens and stuff. Um, what did you think? So, there's a lot going on in this movie, right? Yeah. The surface world, the underwater world, the flying around in a suit world. The uh, the spiritual world. So, for what it was delivered as, I actually thought the cinematography piece was pretty solid. Now, are there some weak points? Yeah. Yeah. To to deliver that package for the underwater experience, that's hard to do. Let's be honest with ourselves here. Uh, did the Aquaman movie do a pretty good job? Mm. Yeah, yeah, they did okay for what they could do, right? I brighter. bet their budget wasn't as big as that one for this as what it was for this one. I could see better. Uh, yeah. Uh, the sun wasn't up yet. <laughs> that was, okay. That's a plot point. Okay. Um, the actual city, right? What we what we saw for the 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 presentation of Wakanda. Uh, we talked all, a little bit about that already in our locations, but from a CGI standpoint, that looked pretty good. Oh, yeah. The, the shots that you got to see were wide enough that you could get a good grasp of everything. And then I guess what I would almost complain about in a certain sense is when you had those wide-reaching shots, I felt like a lot of times you got these very, very narrow shots of things. Oh, yeah. And... It just focused on the person in front of you, which if you're trying to convey an emotion from that person, I get it. But it, so, sometimes there was just these weird cuts of look at what's going on and then look at what's going on right here in this specific thing in this place. You know, like there was just a weird. <laughs> it was weird too, too quick of a zoom. Too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. I didn't have too many problems with most of the cuts. I thought the fights were choreographed quite nicely, uh, and you could generally follow them pretty clearly, with the exception of the final confrontation uh, on the beach uh, between Shuri and Namor. Um, that was a little that was a little jerky, um, but yeah, he was right next to the water. Why didn't he just jump in the water? Plot story. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, no. He, he was he was distracted. Um, so, okay. 
that's fine. Talking about the CGI, all the C, the, the the daggers, daggers look good. That was kind of a nice little thing there. Um, all of the the holdovers that we had, I, I feel like they already had a lot of the. They didn't have to create a lot of new stuff. They already had. I feel like you know just folders and folders with this stuff kind of sort of already in there. I mean, yeah, you got to create it anew, but they already knew basically where they were going with most of it. The, again, we come back to my only real problem was not the first incomplete Ironheart armor, but the second Ironheart armor stood out like a sore thumb against everything else. It was just ugly, and it didn't look as real as the stuff that was around it. Correct. Like you said, very cartoony. Yeah. Um, the fight scenes, some were, I, I felt good, and some were okay. Nothing that was bad. The one thing that annoyed me is if you go through all the previous um, superhero things, and it's even joked about the, the superhero pose, right? Like where you jump and you're on one knee and then you stand up and you're like, I am this person. And what we got in this was we're fighting and we have a spear and then I'm going to put the spear in the ground and that's what's going to stop me as I get blasted backwards. And I felt like we saw that and it was just cheesy right like we, we we saw it too many times where they got hit but i'm going to put the spear down and it's going to drag along the dirt or the ship or yeah the, whatever not that it's a bad move they just went to the well too many times correct yeah and yes we're nitpicking but that's what these reviews to an extent are about yeah. and if you watched a two hour and 40 minute movie and the thing that stood out to you was they saw the spear get stuck in the ground and stopped you four that's, times. That's like, not bad. That's not bad. Right. <laughs> it's just like a thing that you noticed, like the trains in the background on the city. It's just, why does my mind go to certain things and your mind and Ken's mind and whoever's mind go to different things. Right. It's just, that's what we notice. I tell you what, there's something that this is not a first in a movie for me to see. But it's rare that I saw something that I both really, really liked, but at the same time go, wow, that's stupid. Um, the water bombs. Yes, yes. So um, they looked great. I was thinking great. the same thing, too. They looked great, but the idea is just dumb. <laughs> yeah. Did, what, was, the, uh, was there some type of hydrogen or fusion or some type of power that they've developed in their only 600 years underwater which they have such this advanced civilization that they built from seemingly nothing not even 600 400 oh that's right because it was 1600 uh right um and then they brought the net full of the bombs from the whales right and then they put them underneath the ship that was pretty neat looking exploded and it tipped the ship over and it, it, it was just you, you had to have water grenades i suppose because that's what you're gonna have did they they never really had any other firearms did they they no, were all really. still spears and swords and stuff yeah it, it was it was um rudimentary but not so we don't have guns but we got rebreathers which looked good 
They were simple, yeah. understated, solid. I really, I really liked the look of it. But again, different part of the criticism. <laughs> we'll get to that later. Correct. <laughs> that could be some of the uh, costuming and props. Yeah, yeah, no, and definitely look good. So, I mean, all in all, I I liked it. Uh, on a scale of fifteen, uh, cinematography for me, that's a twelve. I also gave it a twelve. All right, we had agreed on something. One there we thing. Go. All right, let's go to cast. This is where we normally start <laughs> start our reviews off, but you know, just to make it a little different. Yeah, switch it up farther. Part of it, I think, is it's the same cast for the most part. I mean, the vast majority of people that were in the first Black Panther film came over for the second Black Panther film. Um, so we already knew that they were good, and you know what? They're still good, uh, and and some of them are just good. Some of them are great. Um, I just absolutely love Angela Bassett in anything. She is awesome, and she continued to with her in enhanced screen time to really help to carry the film in the portion that she was in. Um, it also really required Letitia Wright to step up because she was prominent in the previous films. But not not the person. It's like okay, you've got to go from being kind of there to you, it. This is going to live or die on your shoulders. And I think she did good. Yeah, definitely a lot more screen time for some of the individual folks now. Um, Angela Bassett, I think, generally speaking, was good. But there were some of these where she was just maybe reaching just a bit. I felt she was overacting just a bit. Maybe that's just me. I, don't um, think so. I I liked Lupita Nyong'o's character mm-hmm. in this one. Yeah, I thought she actually did really well. Um, Winston Duke is always great. Winston Duke did pretty well as well. Uh, also, um, I mean we we don't want to necessarily pick on a character. But the uh, Riri Williams character was okay. I, I don't know. I, I didn't feel like I didn't feel like that was the strongest of presentations. And I know the actual character in the comic book is not the best either. And the Ironheart character is not the best character in the comic books either. Um, but I. I don't know. There was something about the like. Is this character? Is this character a college kid? Is this character uh, a fifteen-year-old? You know, I, I kind of got a mixed bag of what we're trying to get delivered to us in yeah. this in this movie. Now, I always have to go into this with, you know, kid gloves is not the right word, but careful framing. Because I absolutely just despised the Riri Williams character in the comics. I didn't think it was a good character. But that's also coming from my own particular background. That character wasn't written for me. So I I have to at least admit that part of it may be just a not shared um, perspective, uh, upbringing, whatever it, it was, it was written designed for somebody else. But I, 
I have a fairly diverse group of people that I know. <laughs> I don't know any of them that like the character. And it's from all different backgrounds, all different, all different everything. And they all kind of go, yeah, they're really not, not, not their cup of tea either. Um, so going into this film, knowing that this character that I already didn't like was going to be there, I was a little, little cautious. But at the same time, there are characters that I felt that way about that Marvel has converted and actually made awesome. So it's like, okay, well, I know they can do it. Let's let's see if it's just a matter of putting a new spin, putting an update. And I have to say, they the character in the film um, was much more interesting. Now that's going to be partially response uh, of, of how she brought the character forward. So she, I think, for her part, with what she was given, did what she needed to do. And I think she did a, did a good job. Is she the right? pick for that character. I'm kind of with you in the sense that I always felt like the Riri character should have been a little younger because um, that was kind of the goal, I thought, was to kind of connect with some of the younger fans. But, eh. yeah. Yeah, and I'm I'm not saying I'm not saying that, so let, let's say all the rest of the cast is an A and she's a B minus, right? Still good. That that means she's quote the worst of the cast, <laughs> but, but it's still better than so many other things that are out there, right? Right. right. So, um, yeah, I'm not trying to say that she did bad. I'm just saying, like, if there's a weak spot, it was probably her character. Um, but it wasn't her as an actor that was really responsible for it. And then you know Martin Freeman makes an appearance again. I, and, I love that dude. Um, he, we'll, we'll see how important he becomes later on. And we we talked briefly, and this is more of a plot thing about. I really pulled two things from this movie. Period. Um, and one of them was his ex-wife, right? <laughs> right. Apparently, which was just revealed in this movie. Um, so we'll get to see more of that character hopefully later on yeah um well i I mean i know we will but it's that's such a massive snag to get julia to do that role that's just crazy yeah yeah absolutely i mean she's you know and the more that i think about it I, i feel like originally that being a comic book character actor actress was kind of panned before, but now it's much more widely accepted, especially when it lines your pocketbooks and you, you just have to go and be yourself and be successful or bring something to the character. Uh, I know when they do these, they probably sign a thing that says you're going to be in five of these things and that's your contract. And they have to acknowledge that going into it. But man, for a lot of these people, the fan base is, old young it's everybody and you know people people for for me for example i've always stated on this before that seinfeld is one of my favorite shows of all time so to to see one of the people from one of my favorite shows of all time come to one of my favorite kind of setups of of the current time frame is to me 
awesome. It, yes, it's an awesome get for Marvel. Yeah. So I mean, just everybody. If if our if our low person on the stick is a B minus, as you're saying, which I feel is pretty close, if not exact, to to my thinking, that's like an eighteen out of twenty on casting for me. Um, I stuck with a seventeen on the cast. Do right. we do we know some of these other characters here? Like the at the beginning on the ship, the Lake Lake Bell character mm-hmm. who was in the helicopter, right? Or was on the ship? Like, is that Doctor Graham? Is that going to be some important character later on, or is should, that just a one off type? Should of thing? be just a one off. I mean, they're they're important characters. Most of them are in the uh, underwater folks, Atuma and Namora. Um, but as far as anybody else. No, they didn't really do much in terms of bringing up anything that's really going to be important in the future. Like you're saying, it's pretty self-contained. Yeah. Um, and apparently Trevor Noah was in this? Yeah, briefly. I don't remember <laughs> his face. I'm sure watching it again, I'll find it, but I didn't see it initially. Yeah, you, you bl- it's a blink and you miss it sort of a thing. Um, so, okay, let's go to the meat. This is this is the uh, succeed or fail portion of <laughs> of the whole endeavor, pretty much, and that's the plot. Um, so, like you're talking about, big shoes to fill from the previous film because it was so good. Um, and while I don't think it was as good as the previous film, I still think it hit what it needs to hit. I think that's where our real difference is: is the purpose of the film. I I think having having this tonal shift is not a bad thing. I I think it's absolutely important and necessary in fact because of thinking back to the history of film in general thinking about to similar things to the comic book film that have happened over the years of cinema. I mean, at one point the western was the film that you made. It was comparable to making a comic book film nowadays. It was everywhere. There are hundreds of them. And people knew what they wanted when they went to see a Western. I want to see guys on horses. I want to see some shooting, some roping. I want to see bad guys get their comeuppance. Maybe somebody saved. Maybe a marriage. Who knows? It was basically the same stuff over and over again. And they didn't really deviate too far. That's there's not many westerns anymore it still happens once in a while because it still has a soft spot but if we want this genre to continue i feel it needs to expand a little bit and i think this film did a good job as a first step in that direction well not a first step but a first good step first step yes um i do love a good western um Maybe I'm in the minority, but I do appreciate a good modern Western. And they're just, you're right, there aren't that many of those nowadays. Um, but aside from that, you're right. I don't mind changing a tone. A, a, another current example would be the Star Wars world. It, you know, Star Wars is a moneymaker because kids like it. But in in the seventies and eighties when kids were watching that those kids are grown up now. Right. 
and they're adults. And you're presenting Star Wars in a world now that is still, I guess, the, the primary viewership are adults now. And you're trying to get the current generation of kids into a lot of those things. So a lot of the presentations of the movies now, for example, which in my opinion are not that great because I'm an adult who grew up on things like Star Wars. Now you have all these TV shows presenting different aspects of things. And the most recent one is Andor. And Andor is what I like to refer as Star Wars for adults. Um, and that's a, just a completely different tone. It's a different shift from what you're generally fed. So I'm okay with doing a different tone, a different shift, a different meaning for things. And Marvel's tried to do that, I feel like, recently with a lot of their TV shows. Oh, yeah. You know, She-Hulk is a great example for that. Uh, She-Hulk is a great show that seemingly has no prior, prior precedent, in a certain sense, in the MCU world. Mm -hmm. So... Um, to Miss Marvel's another one too. Oh, yeah. I'm okay with tone shifts. Uh, that, you just didn't like this tone. <laughs> I just didn't like this one. You know, <laughs> if you're gonna be sad about something, cool. But does it have to be two hours and forty minutes of sad? Um, to get the point across, I mean, maybe. I feel like a lot of times when you watch a movie that's that long, and trust me, I love long movies. If the movie's good. And you're going to give me three hours of good. I'm cool with that. Please do it. Absolutely. Um, I feel like as you go through an hour of it, you're just like, you look at your watch and you're like, this has only been an hour. Holy cow. This is, I, I don't want this thing to end. I want it to, to keep going. And I felt in this movie, I didn't get that to me, that sense of, I want this thing to keep going. I, 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 I got the opposite sense, like, oh, this is still going, right? Where I'm an hour in and, like, I'm an hour in and nothing's happened. <laughs> I'm just like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then and then when the movie's done, you have time to reflect, right? Uh, most people try to burn the sequences back through their head of, well, this happened and this happened. Why did this happen? What did I miss? Is there a story thing? Like, what's going on here? And when, when I went through that, as I'm driving in the car to go back home, I'm just like, yeah, nothing really happened. You know, so I didn't get that sense of excitement during the movie. But that's your thing, man. You love the show that was about nothing. This should be your bag. You're you're absolutely right. Uh, the show about but see the show about nothing was, was only half an hour minutes an episode, so um, little easier to consume, I guess you can say. Um, and and I'm not I'm not complaining. I'm nitpicking. Oh yeah. Right. We've we've already said that before. Um, it it's just if you're if you're gonna present us this whole nother layer of uh, characters and people, and you're going to present us Namor, no love, right? Uh, cool, right? This is a powerful character. It's a powerful entity. There's a lot of powerful people at in it, and and that became the subplot 
when that should have been the plot. Am I mistaken in this? Or, or well, and that's that's, that's kind of well, that's where our difference is. You wanted the subplot to be the main plot, and I was okay with the main plot being the main plot. That's the yeah. difference. I'm, I'm, I, I love a tearjerker. I, I like films that can embrace some of the darker thought processes, some of the awful parts of life. Because not, I, I don't want to see somebody basically get over a, a major death in the span of twenty minutes of a film. It just doesn't feel right. So for for me, this this king, this massive individual that she couldn't save, taking the entire two hours and 40 minutes to go over it, yeah, I'm okay with that, and I'm okay with it being the focus. And I think that's exactly where it should have been because it's, it's – she – to begin with, we talked about her being kind of a secondary character in the previous film. That meant that a lot of her character development was not really touched on. So there was a lot of work to be done. We have to find out who she really is beyond what we've glimpsed at in the previous film. On top of who is she, what are her relationships really how did this actually affect her, and how is she going to process that? The fact that he did in two hours and 40 minutes, along with fights and ships and sea creatures, it's actually pretty impressive. Um, I, and I, I'm, I, I, thought, I thought it was good. Well, maybe one of the subtle differences that could have been there, you know, the, uh, the, the queen character more lamented family being gone right that was touched on but her character didn't touch on brother being gone i didn't think enough if the emphasis on oh the king is gone how long was he king for like it did wasn't that long well when his when his dad died how long was he king for quite a while like forever did they touch on any of that at all? No. But also, no, what did he accomplish I, I, in the time frame that he was king? Cor correct. He just prolonged the the generational effects of the previous generations. Like, we want to be secret, those, those things. But there was no, no mourning. There was no celebrating the life. There was no anything like that. It's just like he put on the ring. I'm going to have my revenge. Like, and that was it. Like there was no, there was no importance of that because the, the, and I'm being blunt about the dead King wasn't the emphasis, no, right? No. It was the, it was the new King. And then you get to this one where he was like the greatest thing ever when he was King for just a few years. Now, a lot happened in those few years. A lot right. happened. Right. <laughs> um, the world was snapped away and then it, he was snapped away. So he wasn't even there. He wasn't even the king for five years. Um, and then he came back and, and I get it. You know, he opened up the, the borders so that people knew of the kingdom, which did that actually backfire? I don't know, but we're, we're celebrating this entire movie on the life of a character that in the world that he was in, how important, I don't know if he had the same different or prolonged impact than the previous king or the previous king's plural. 
if they wanted to get more on, it was it was family, and that was brother, because I thought they did a lot of brother stuff in the first movie. That should have been the direction that they went with. I don't know. I, I think, considering the fact that his character is drastically different than Shuri's, he was raised to be royalty. He was raised to be the next king by the previous king. So he was already ready to step into that role, even when the unfortunate happened. Then they focused a little bit on the way that he handled the loss of his father and his position in society in the first Black Panther film. So I thought that was handled okay. But like you said, again, this is also partly where the focus of the story needed to be. But um, Shuri's not that. She was never intended to be in the position that she was in. And it's just she is re- she is taking blow after blow after blow and trying to find equilibrium again and trying to find her her purpose. Um, so I, I thought they did fine with that. Yeah, uh, she's, a, she's a scientist, right? Right. Like that's kind of, not entirely, but that's her role. It right. was her role. Right. But she has to redefine herself in this. Um, I thought, uh, touching back to the Riri Williams character, going back to the to the weak link as we were talking about, I will say I will say this: I liked their interpretation of the Riri Williams character way better than I liked the comic book character. Now, does that mean I like the character? I think it's too soon to tell. We didn't really get a whole lot, but what we did get, I liked better. Um, it was kind of a nice shot of normal by comparison because we've got giant empires sprawling and she's in college. Yeah, she's super, super smart, but she's just a college kid. That's kind of nice. But, um, yeah, I, I thought had decent personality. I thought she did. I thought she uh, uh, portrayed it well. I thought it was written much better. Um, should she have been in this film? No. Well, she did build the only device in the world um, that could find vibranium. Yeah, I'm sure they could have found some other purpose, MacGuffin, whatever. Yeah, but I yeah, that was kind of just thrown in there. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't really think I would have put her in this film. Um, but uh, other than that, uh, Namor, I really like I really like the Namor character in the comics. And just like Black Adam, I knew they were not going to be able to do him like the comics because he is significantly darker than anything they're ever going to show on a film. Um, they they kind of hinted at it but didn't really get there. They got the power levels right, which was super surprising because they depower everybody else. But Namor seemed eh, about right. He's he's about as fast as he's supposed to be. He looks about as strong as he's supposed to be. Same exact set. I love the wings on the feet. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that could be cheesy, but I didn't see the cheesiness in, no. in this. Um, I'll, I'll I'll touch on the two things that I really pulled from this, and I mentioned before. So one, we saw, we saw the uh, Quintessa character, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, which can Contessa, yeah, Contessa, Contessa. Fontaine. Which she's going to be in the Thunderbolts, mm-hmm. right? Running that organization, apparently. Yeah. So we assume. And then the No Love character said that he was a 
mutant. Uh, he did. And you know what? It's amazing that he knew the word. <laughs> Had any, any experience. What? Yeah. Yeah. So convenient, right? Um, it, r- tell me that I'm wrong in this, but in the Marvel universe, so uh, I'm going to keep calling him no love. Um, it's fair. When when his first his first comic books were in like the sixties, is that right? Was, was... Well, generally, uh, that's 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 basically right. His character came out a very very long time ago. Um, Nineteen thirty nine was the first appearance of that character. So, so he he's like an OG character. Oh yeah, but he was. He was the Marvel, was he the the Marvel comic book series, was he the first mutant as as described in a comic book? Not, no. Not the first mutant, because that would have been somebody maybe like Apocalypse, you know, long ago. Right. So as the first mentioned mutant, no. He was never called a mutant until much later. Okay. But he's a mutant now. Yes. He's even in the comics. He had a he had a portion of the Phoenix Force for a little while, Ooh. Um, but uh, hopefully we don't see that. Please, no. please no, please no Phoenix, no more. <laughs> no, no Phoenix. Phoenix bad. Uh, so there, there's that. Um, so he had one of the dumbest catchphrases in the comics that doesn't really make any sense. But it was early comics, so it didn't really need to. And they kind of paid a little homage to it and had him. Shouted at the end of the films like Imperious Rex. Okay, yeah, he he used to say that in the comics all the time. Oh, okay, Imperious Rex. That's Latin. Latin. Why why would he say that in the this film with the changes that they made? I mean, I get it; it's fan service, but it's stupid fan service. It's, yeah, it made it made no sense uh, because he's not. There's no Latin derivative of his upbringing at all that I plus. I mean, the was the, mentioned. The phrase know. itself doesn't make any sense as a battle call. It's Emperor King. That's yeah, like that's, that's like going into battle and going me. <laughs> well, maybe he just maybe he wasn't. He flies around. That's what he says. Just me. Uh, but the whole the whole end battle sequence, in terms of the plot, were was just. I don't know. It Just, looked okay. I thought it looked okay, but let's let's trap him in a ship and then turn the heaters on. <laughs> hey, th- it worked for Spider-Man and his amazing friends when when he showed up. <laughs> That's exactly how the uh, oh, the one guy did it. Oh. So then he he still had his spear, and then he just. He couldn't smash, even though he's, you know, really strong, he couldn't smash through this ship, but the spear went right to the guts of the ship and damaged it. Okay, fine. And then he crashes on the beach, not inland, on the beach, right yep. next to the water, where he could have just literally used his flappy leg wings. Let's go get a dip Right to the water. Yep. And gotten all of his strength back. But no, he... he we're going to do this fight right here with the charged up new Black Panther suit. It's fine. You know, it's, she she took the synthetic herb, so now she's got the strength and the power of the Black Panther, and she's got the suit to Which give by, her even by, more by, strength. By the way, 
nowhere near the level of strength that he has. <laughs> but let's just disregard that anyway. He was yeah. weak, right? Because yeah, yeah. he had been uh, in the heater on the ship. Um, then she gets stabbed. I, I kind of felt like, you know, in, in the previous movies, we were just going to see all the bad, like we always see the bad guys die. Right. But in this movie, he wasn't really the bad guy. So they he let him the live. Slub, so they let him live, right? Because uh, he's going to come back and do something in a future movie to help or anyway. Hit on Sue Storm. Oh, that could be it too. Um, she So she gets stabbed and she's she's hurted real bad. But then again, the suit's made out of vibranium, so it just kind of seals her wounds instantly, and she's good to go, and then flips, and then punch, and then, like, the whole battle sequence was just cheesy to to, to me. Um, the battle sequence on the ship also just super cheesy to it, me, too. I didn't think it was cheesy. I thought it was a little disjointed. Yeah, the, the people climbing up the ship's side but the black panther initially is going to run through and claw and knock everybody down but then the uh, riri williams comes to save the day and blasts people with her Gun, shooty arm shoot. <laughs> and and then uh so it, it seems to me and every black panther thing where the armies are there the black panther armies get just completely wiped out but the main people, of course, are still alive. Why wouldn't they be? So how do they keep, you know, replenishing their ar army that just gets continually wiped out all the time? Yeah. Um, it, it's funny that they just automatically are cannon fodder in all this. So here's the other thing. We talked about this a little bit before at one point, but where did the sea people get their technology from? It's only been 400 years. And they didn't have contact with the service world. The internet. They've only developed it in the last 10 years. They had vibranium. Y yeah. Okay, sure. <laughs> I just, uh, 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 it seems a little weak. Seems, seems a little weak. Like there's a small, small, large hole there. <laughs> Yeah, now we I hate to compare a DC property to a Marvel property, but in in the Aquaman that city had been built for what thousands yeah. and thousands and thousands of years. Yeah. Like it was super old, like older than the oldest old. It was so it had been there forever. So they had yeah. they developed their own technology over time, which is uh, what Namor should be. Yeah. That's what I was thinking, too. You know, a lot of things can develop in 400 years. I mean, we've seen it on the surface world, but uh, I figured it'd be harder to build underwater. And there was only, what, 10 of those people that went down there? And suddenly they have this gigantic population now, and they're all immune to the pressure of being underwater. And Not just that, but with that kind of a limited gene pool, I'd think there'd be some deformities. <laughs> Over would, 400 years. You would think. <laughs> uh, yeah, the the convenience of the the beads being lost on the bridge. But she's just like, yes, I bugged them. Yeah, 
I can get that. Sure, you instantly had access to them, and you bugged them, and you knew he was going to use them because you knew he was a wink link. Okay, that's it's a convenient. Cu- it's a couple of uh, uh, I I can I can get behind that a little bit more, just because of the type of character her character is. She would she would immediately assume that. Uh, but the problem is, they really haven't done any exploration of her character. She's only appeared briefly. So if you're a comic book fan, it's like, yeah, that makes sense. And if you're not, then you're going to go like you are. It's like, that doesn't make any sense. And and they have access to the Wakandan technology that they can put a bug in those things? Wouldn't need it. They have their own. I would I would, I would feel like there was some type of protection built into them where you couldn't just, you know, plug super, a USB-C into it. Super spies, baby. Super spies. Super spies. Yes, of course, super spies. My bad. I forgot about that. <laughs> um, where did Riri get all of her stuff from? Yeah, that was the other thing. You got this suit. The only thing that was powerful enough to power the Iron Man suit was the reactor that was created. Where'd she get hers? Did she get one? I mean, we never saw it. That was kind of one of the whole things in the comics is that she, if I remember correctly, that she figured it out. She figured out kind of some Stark techs and reverse engineered it and figured out how to make it. But they don't really go into that in the films. No, she just goes to this garage that she has access to and, you know, 15 monitors and an endless supply of stuff. I guess we're assuming that since it's a, a garage to do repairs on cars um, and she had this amazing car sitting there that she repaired, I don't know, um, that they had access to all the parts that she needed to build her flying exoskeleton and, you know, blast people. So yeah. a little weak. like a stretch to me. A little weak. But, you know, you got to make you got to make time in the movie for what's important. <laughs> Uh, just apparently yeah. what what we think is important is a little different. All right. Well, let's let's wrap this up. We are we are pushing the red line on the time here. Yes, we are. Um so that people don't get too bored. Uh for me plot and writing out of 20 points, uh this was the weak link for me. I give it a 14 out of 20. 11 for me. Had a few more problems than I did. Any bonus points, good sir? I wish I could Think of something that was cool or positive. If there was more on the mutant side of things, maybe. But really, there was nothing for bonus points for me. So that puts you, if my math serves, at a 72 out of 100. Sounds correct. And I've got an 83 out of 100. So uh, looks like you're in the C- minus category where I'm in the solid B category. I think that that's fair, uh, <laughs> at least to what we thought about the film. But uh, I think so too. As always, we'd love to hear what you think, good listeners, and uh, we will likely be back next week with an expansion on our history of comics in television. Uh, and until then, keep watching TV and uh, ignoring all the negative politics. I guess. <laughs> of everything that's going on, whatever it takes to get through to the next day. Do that. Holiday season's coming up. Oh, that's right. Thanksgiving. Listen to some some, um, bad Christmas music and brighten your day.
It's true. Everybody loves pudding. 